Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Zachary Small, and today we're talking about ways to keep your marriage and long-term relationships fresh, aka 10 ways to keep your wife on her toes. Now, the information shared here, I'll be saying wife, but if it's your girlfriend, it still works. Your woman, your woman of a year or more, you know, it's easy for things to get stale. You become desensitized to one another. The 10 steps I'm about to list will help you keep things interesting and fresh and to help you remain an unpredictable and mysterious yet still attractive man. That is how you maintain a healthy relationship. The daily interactions with the same person inevitably lead to some form of complacency, either on your end or hers. So we're going to talk about ways to combat that. How do you keep things interesting? You know, like I said, fresh, adventurous, fun. It's human nature, though. The more you're exposed to a stress or something like it, a behavior, the less it means to you. So for somebody who's always winning, it's less impressive compared to somebody who never wins getting a win. For somebody who always does nice things, that's less impressive than the person who never does nice things doing the nice thing. So all those things you used to do for your lady that made you interesting, those are gone. You know, you've been doing it for so long that they're no longer that interesting. So we got to find new things. And this does come from a blog post I wrote. So there's a link to that below if you want to check it out. But when you read my advice, this is important. When you read my advice, I am talking about my wife. You need to think of it with your wife in mind. So when I say play, you know, uh, play a joke or, or make, make a prank, you know, do something funny. At no point am I saying do something you know your wife will hate. My wife might think it's funny. Your wife might think it's dumb. Just like when I talk about parenting and I say, well, I'm talking about my kid playing baseball. Well, if your kid plays soccer, change the baseball to soccer. You know, like you have to apply this in your manner to your relationship. What I'm giving you is not some template you can just drop on it. It's going to work for everyone. With that said, there certainly are universal aspects that you can take and apply to your relationship that will improve it, especially in marriage. So with all of that, before we dive into the first action you can take, let's talk about today's sponsor. The sponsor of today's show is freespeech.site, a censorship-free blogging platform, which is designed to allow you to bring your ideas which have been deemed taboo and off-limits to the mainstream media. You can bring them to freespeech.site, you can apply, and once approved, you can start talking and exchanging ideas with other content creators who are writing about things they want to talk about, not things they are allowed to talk about. And they can do so in a manner that is allowed through the expression of freedom of speech, freedom of exchanging ideas without the fear of censorship looming overhead. There's no political uh, correctness to be followed. There are no social justice warriors to be supported or adhered to, you know, their guidelines. You go in there, you write your blog posts, you exchange your ideas. Nothing is off limits. It's idea for idea. This is not about the person. It's about the message. So go to freespeech.site to get yourself speaking truth today. Now we can dive into the first of 10 steps that you can take to keep your marriage and relationship fresh. The first is having sex outside of the bedroom. Now I know listeners, you know, that might be shocking. You know, friends and family are listening. Oh my, look, 
Sex is the glue to marriages. You have to maintain a, a sense of attraction. If not, you're just co-parents. If you're not having sex with your spouse, you know, you're not any different than roommates. You know, what's the point of the marriage? There has to be that element to it. And when you fall into the same old routine of, you know, hang out, watch Netflix, go to bed, hang out, watch Netflix, go to bed, you start to lose that that wonder and that 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 lust, that fire, that chemistry between you that's unspoken. You know, that thing where when you guys look at each other, everybody's wondering, like, what are they up to? Like, what's up with those two? You know, and you have to maintain that. And it's a, it's a taboo subject. You're not supposed to talk about it. But that's why it's the first step. You need to look at that aspect of your relationship. You need to look at the sex that you're having. And if it's become boring, missionary, routine, starfish, you know, what it is, you have to find a way around that. You've got to find a way to bring some spice back into that. Maybe not by using spices, but dang, bring some element to it. You know, start doing something that's going to bring the wow factor back. It's very easy to fall into the pattern, especially as parents. You know, you're tired. <laughs> you have long days that you have to work. Then you have youth sports. Like, trust me, I get it. You've got to break that routine, though. You know, find something. Get a hotel room one night. You know, go go somewhere where you can do your thing anywhere besides the same place you've been doing for the past 20, 30, 40 years. However long you've been in your same home. You know, mix things up. Make it interesting again. Make sex fun. It's supposed to be fun. But because you're not allowed to talk about it unless you're reading Cosmo or some shit, you know, nobody ever gets the, the approval or permission to go ahead and change things. Again, you're married. You're not co-parents. You're not roommates. You're husband and wife. You're lovers. Don't let that fall to the side. Because once you do, the relationship begins to slide. Your bodies, your physical attraction, those are good things. Men and women are complementary to one another. We're built to connect like that. So, you know, support it. Follow through with that. Make it a thing. Make it an, as- an element of your relationship or an aspect of the relationship that you take pride in. And you enjoy and you still have to fun. You have some fun with. I'm sure there are some people out there. Well, we're not supposed to talk about sex. Okay, like, come on. <laughs> like, that's the problem with marriages. Nobody's having sex anymore. Nobody's having fun anymore. Nobody's laughing anymore. There's so much to it that just drives me insane that when you hear that said, I'm like, God damn it. You're, you're, it's a death sentence to a relationship. Like a man and a woman who are supposed to stay together in a monogamous, a monogamous relationship for life. And we're not supposed to talk about sex. That's the craziest thing to me. It, that will never make sense to me. But because of, of PC culture or, you know, what's appropriate, not appropriate to be discussed. Well, you we never talk about the issues we have. It's the same thing with sobriety. You're not supposed to talk about sobriety. You're not supposed to talk about politics. You're not supposed to talk about money. You're not supposed to talk about religion. <laughs> if you don't know, that's my adult. You're not supposed to talk about voice. <laughs> but the point is, we're not supposed to talk about all these things that people are struggling with. People are struggling with understanding politics. People are in more debt than they know what to do with. People are having faith issues and people's marriages are are falling apart. And it's all these things we don't talk about. People have nowhere to turn. Well, guess what? Sex is important. Have it. Have fun with it. Do it more than just missionary in the bedroom. Go have fun. Go on an adventure. You know, get caught. Who cares? It's you and your wife. Have a good time. Obviously, don't break the law and be like those weirdos who are like on a playground or some shit in the middle of the night. Like have some couth, you know, have some sense of common sense there, but damn it, bring fun back into your sex life. That's step one. Step two, surprise your wife with a vacation. You get in such a routine and such a scheduling of things that nothing is really done by the seat of your pants. You know, never are you like, all right, this weekend we're taking off. Well, what do you mean? Oh yeah. The dogs are good. You know, maybe the kids are coming with you. 
all right, babe, us and the kids, we're going to Great Wolf Lodge or we're going to a ski shop. I mean, a, a ski resort, you know, or guess what? We're going to go to Disney. Craig James owns this, you know, challenge. He freaking surprised his family with going to Disney one time. And that, that sets a pretty high mark for the rest of us. But for those who aren't going to be going to Disney, this can be as simple as going, you know, to the town over and getting a hotel that has a pool and you have a, a night away where you get to go play and you surprise the family that you get to break routine. Very rarely are we able to just randomly break the routine that we're living our lives in. You always have to be ready for school or you've got to be ready for youth sports or you've got to be ready for some practice you have coming up or somebody's birthday or somebody's getting married. There's always something going on in your life. So in the middle of it, just say, fuck it. Just disappear. Just go do something. Just get up and get out and surprise your family with this, a micro getaway. And plan it too. Be smart. Plan ahead. If it rains, you, you're going to play in the pool and you brought board games. If it's sunshine and everything's perfect, you're going to go to a museum and you're going to check out, you know, a local park. If it's if it's cold out and, you know, there's snow everywhere, you're going to go to this cool restaurant you found and you're going to go back to the pool and the hot tub at the, the hotel. There's so many things you could do. But surprise your family. Go do something and break the routine. Again, this is how you maintain attraction. You stop being Mr. Sensitive. You stop being Mr. I'm always squared away. You stop being Mr. I'm always by the book. Throw it to the wind. Throw caution to the wind and go do something out of the ordinary. Show your woman that you still got it, that you still want to surprise, you still want to have a good time. That's how you keep your relationship fresh. All right, step three. We're going back to spicing up your sex life. So the first one was on having sex outside the bedroom. This one's on just improving it. Maybe you got some games you want to play, the fuzzy dice, you know, the crazy handcuffs. Like, what? There's so many things out there, it's ridiculous. And again, I know this is supposed to be off limits. But it's so important that you turn your sex life into something that you enjoy and your wife enjoys. And the two of you get back to talking about it. You know, what you like, what you don't like, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. You should have these things on the table and have a good time. Your best sex shouldn't come when you guys are drunk. Yet time and time again, when I work with men, we go through our coaching calls. That's one of the things that comes up. Well, the only time that we, we, have, we do this or we do that is when one of us is drunk or both of us are drunk, you know. That's not like, that's not a healthy relationship. You should be able to be open and honest sexually with your spouse sober, like stone sober. You should be able to talk about these things. The only reason that you can't do it is because both of you have decided, you know, it's, it's not worthy enough aspect of the relationship to get over your insecurities or your discomfort on the subject. Like strip its power away. Even if it's small things like, Hey, what did you like? What don't you like? You know, what, what would you like to try? You know, there's just so much to it. It's ridiculous. I'm just trying to think of the many things that can go and it's, it's like infinite. Like you could damn near fall into Alice in Wonderland and still not come up with the crazy things that are out there. Like there's so much, but your relationship with your woman, again, that's very intimate between you and her. That's a very important aspect of who you are with her. And I guarantee, you know, some people will hear this and they're going to talk to my parents or they'll talk to my in-laws and be like, did you hear what Zach said? I said it. We're adults. Like let's, I have two children. We've had sex at least twice, you know, like let's stop acting like this is some comical thing. There are literally marriages falling apart because they can't get this aspect of it dialed in because they're, they're too insecure to, to talk about their needs that they're never met. And thus they're not satisfied in that endeavor. And that's how people end up, you know, finding resentment building. And all of a sudden you're mad at the person for not doing the things you want them to do, but you never told them you wanted them to do it. You just, they're just supposed to know. That's not how it works. So spice up your sex life. 
Step four, you need to be more interesting. This one is is damn near going to solve so many more issues that are in all these relationships. When I talk to men in marriages, one of the things I ask is, what did you do before marriage? They will tell me road motorcycles. I, I was a boxer. I had a boat. You know, I would hang out with the dudes. We would play poker. We'd go they, a list of things. And then I'll say, cool, that's what attracted you, you know, your woman to you. What do you do now? Oh, nothing. Nothing. You do nothing now. You have no hobbies any longer. You every now and then, maybe once every six months, you'll get together with your bros. Are we serious? Are we supposed to have women attracted to us when we do nothing in our life? What is more stale or bland or, or more of a turnoff for a woman than a man who every single night at the dinner table says to her or responds to her answer, what's new? Oh, nothing. You need to be interesting. You need to be somebody who has stories. You need to be somebody who's going out and doing things with your life and you're finding yourself growing, you're finding yourself thriving. I want you to freaking win, man. But the only way you can win is if you find your balls, you go out into the world and you say, I'm still somebody. I still have a mark to make on this planet, on this history, this timeline, that little speck that all of us are, our little hundred years we're going to live on the spectrum of human existence. We are going to make a mark and do a thing and be an interesting person who has stories. If you are doing anything less than that, no wonder your woman has no interest in you. You are not attractive. There's nothing about you that makes her interested or desirable. There's nothing about you she doesn't know. When she knows everything about you, there is an issue. This is why I still do things. I'm 33 years old. I went hunting for the first time, you know, two weeks ago. At 33, I'm signing up for my first uh, Muay Thai class, my first time fighting, and I'm going to try to get into the competitive ring. So I'm in the next year or so, you're going to see me actually fighting a dude in a, a sanctioned match. That's awesome. Like, I think it's awesome. I don't care if anybody else thinks it's awesome. You know, I don't care if Jackie thinks it's awesome. I'm doing it for me. And you know what? That is going to make her so much more interested in me. I'm a dude who's going to sit down and be talking to her. And she's going to be like, wow, my husband is, is running his business. And he's going to these FOE meetups. And he's giving speeches at all these conventions. And then he's giving speeches to, to high schools. And now my husband's over here going and fighting. Like, how can I not be an interesting individual? At least I have stories of nothing else. And that sets a good example for my children to follow. But again, if I'm not doing anything, and if my wife knows everything about me, why would she be attracted to me? There's nothing interesting there. You've got to stop thinking that just because you have a wife that you're, you're set and you're made. Like getting the wife does not take any responsibility or burden off your shoulders to perform as a man. Your title of husband, your title of father are built on the foundation of being a man. Men go out and do things. Men go out and conquer. I mean, that could even be going out to battle bots. Go build a freaking robot and go crush another robot. Make something that you, like, just anything that you do. If you fly drones, dude, go out there and fly drones and come home and be like, hey, babe, I flew a drone over a cliff. Check out this video I made. You know, that's more, it's more interesting than I went to work, I came home. Maybe you went to uh, your kid's youth sports practice, came back home, ate dinner, watched Netflix for, for weeks at a time, 52 weeks in a row. Like, dude, your life is slipping away. The respect and, and level of attraction your woman has for you is slipping away. You need, you absolutely need to get your shit together. Anything less than giving the best you have to the limited amount of time that you have on this earth is disastrous. You have to give your all. Go out and do things that make you interesting. Go out and do things you enjoy. 
There's no justification for a lack of performance due to laziness. Your laziness is what got you to where, you know, you have a dead bedroom, a wife who's just a harpy nag that doesn't, you know, enjoy anything about you, kids that don't respect you, a body that looks more like a sponge than it does a man. You know, there's so much going on in the world and so many reasons to just sit and be comfortable. You have to go out of your way to feel discomfort. Yet that's what you need to do. A man who goes out and finds comfort in the discomfort is a man that a woman finds worthy of her time, her attention, her energy, her body, her admiration, her respect. Those things aren't just given. They're taken. You do all the work necessary. to. She has no choice but to give that to you because you've, you've taken it. You've taken away every excuse to not receive it. So if you want more, you've got to do more. It's as simple as that. All right. Step five, being romantic. There are things in my relationship that I do that are 100% before, or for me. You know, when I text, I love you to Jackie, I always capitalize the I, the L, and the Y. You know, because to me, it's a, it's a powerful declaration. Like, I love you. That is a powerful phrase, and you should be very selective with who you give it to. But I don't say it to her so I can get something. You know, I don't do dishes or clean or do laundry thinking, yeah, now I'm going to get sex. Like, that's not how that works. You know, do extra chores is not going to get you attraction. You know, buying Valentine's Day gifts and then getting mad when she goes to bed on Valentine's Day night. You know, you, you start working out for a week and you expect all this, you know, oh, you look so good, honey. Oh, you lost weight. Like you expect all these things instead of just being romantic for the sake of romanticism. Like men are very romantic creatures. We think a lot about honor. We put way too much emphasis on most things, but that's for us. That's just who we are. It's just how we work. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to do it for you, not for your woman. When I buy my wife flowers, there's no strings attached. It's not like, hey, I bought you flowers. Now I want you to be all over me all day today. Or tonight I want to have a fun night. It's like, no, I bought you flowers because I wanted to give my wife flowers. I wanted flowers in my home. I wanted flowers to my girl. There's no strings attached. There's no covert contract. By covert contract, I mean this unwritten agreement that you'll receive something, but you don't ever tell her you want it. You just expect, oh, I got you a necklace. That means sex. Like you have to go back to being a romantic man for the sake of romanticism, for the sake of doing the things you want to do, not because you think you'll get something. When you get back to living life like that, you'll find that there's no strings attached to your actions and therefore you can just genuinely be who you are. You're not worried, you know, you're, you're outcome independent. What comes from it is irrelevant. You're just happy to do the thing. And so many men lose that. And when they lose it and they start getting, again, this goes back to resentment, you start getting all this bitterness towards your woman and you start resenting her for all these things she didn't do, but she didn't even know you wanted her to do them. And you didn't have the confidence to just go out outright and say it. You know, at no point did you say, hey, I need this from you or I want this from you. It's just like these secret expectations that if she doesn't meet them, you're, you're talking smack or, you know, you're, you're taking these uh, actions against her that she's not even sure why they're occurring or why you're so mad, but you're just sitting there like, why wouldn't she love me? And then there's two people against each other when you both shouldn't have a scoreboard because you're on the same team. You've got to work together. But that leads us right to step six. You know, if you want to keep your woman on her toes, you want to keep your marriage fresh and alive and vibrant, you need to lead your family better. You need to start learning how to recognize the, the body language of those that you lead. You've got to start understanding, you know, just because she hasn't said what the issue was, she's probably already told you through her body. Your children, same thing. They don't have to say to you, whether they're doing well or doing poorly, you should be able to know. You know, you should be around your family enough to where you can read their language, you can understand who's been a little more quiet today, who's been more talkative today. Your family's a reflection of you. You need to know them. 
You need to be a good leader, a leader who listens. You know, I recently did a podcast with John S. Rennie, author of I Have the Watch, a Cold War submarine officer, and he was talking that leadership, or he was saying that leadership is a people business. And the further we are from understanding that our job is to deal with people, the more the less effective we are as leaders. Let that sink in. You are the leader of your family. You're the man of that family. You should know your people. You should have connections with each of them. With your children, you should have individual dates so you have one-on-one relationship with everyone in that home. Your wife, your sons, your daughters, or son and daughter, or just your sons, or just your daughters, whatever it is. You should have a unique relationship with each. And you should be paying attention to each every single day. You need to lead your family to killing it and to doing the best in their own lives. You know, you have to guide them to success. You have to put in the reps. You've got to put in the energy necessary to get them to where it is they need to go. You know, my wife, she's held many jobs. It's a running joke. And we have a whole podcast that has been listened to a lot of times about how your job doesn't define you. But the joke is she's held so many jobs. It's ridiculous. Yet I always encourage her to keep chasing those dreams and keep seeing what you want to do. My kids, same thing. We try so many different sports and activities, uh, dance, basketball, soccer, uh, right now, jujitsu, you know, they, baseball, cheerleading, all these things. We keep trying just to see what's out there and just keep improving. And when the kids finally find something that really sticks, well, that's what we'll stay with and we'll grow with it. And we'll make that a part of our daily routine. The fact of the matter is you'll never find these areas where your family can thrive if you never put them in the position in the first place. That's your job. You need to put your family in a position to win. And by doing that, you've got to lead them to that point. My wife, with all those jobs that she's had, I've always encouraged her to just chase the dreams. If she has to quit, you know, this to chase that, go do it. If she believes that, you know, this is calling to her, go do it. Life is too short for us to take it so seriously and to get so caught up in things. You know, like, why not allow your wife to go and and to chase her goals and do her things? You should be doing the same. You should be an example for your children, both of you. For them to go do the same in their lives. How boring would it be when the two of you are sitting at the table? Neither of you have anything to talk about because nobody's leading you to a better place. You're just sitting there. It's redundancy without progress. It's absolutely unacceptable. And again, just like that, uh, step five led to step six. Step six is leading to step seven. You need to instill confidence in your woman. You need to put your woman in a position to succeed. You need to get her on a path to where she can be her best mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I'm not guessing with this. I live this. I work with my wife. I speak with her. I listen to her. You know, the mantra that, oh, you know, this is the girl's locker room and the men's locker room. We don't cross, you know, wires. That's bullshit. This is your wife. She's not some girl off the street. She's not some girl you met on Tinder. This is your wife. You invest the time in her growth. You invest the time in helping her find where she can thrive. If she wants her body to be better, let's invest in fitness and training. If she wants to be more accomplished academically, let's find a program that supports the family. If she wants to go out and experience different aspects of life, let's find ways to get her into that position. As a man, you need to be the embodiment of what confidence and competence looks like. And your woman should not be this weak, pathetic thing that's behind you hiding because you don't instill anything in her. When I go to to, do the conventions, when I go to FOE meetups, I know my house is handled because my woman runs it. I know I've got a competent adult and a confident adult who's going to lead the way and my kingdom is going to run sound even in my absence because I have led my wife to that point and supported her in her pursuit of those goals. I explain to her 
how the whole world might have an issue with her being a stay-at-home mom and not going out there being Mrs. CEO. And I showed, look, you make what you think is a priority in your life a priority. And in my wife's life, and this is supporting my aim and why we are married and why we have a successful family, is family comes first. So while the whole world is screeching, you know, girl power and all this feminist, you know, agenda, what the hell ever, she's happy as can be taking care of her family. A lot of stay-at-home moms really are very content with their children. We shouldn't be looking down on them. Yet every now and then that message creeps back up. Women are being oppressed. Hell no. Your wife should find out what it is that she needs and she should go and build that thing. And she should go and craft it. If that's with family, let's do it. If she wants to blog about crafting, let's do it. If she wants to create a YouTube channel where she can talk about crocheting or what the hell ever she's doing at home for homeschooling, do it. Support her goals. Support her mission. Support the fact that you've got a woman who's trying to do more than just sit and twiddle her thumbs or scroll on social media. You're better than that. And so is she. So lead her to that point. You know, get her to the point where she's doing more on her phone than, than just looking at the Joneses and comparing herself to the neighbors or her friends and all the things they're doing and sitting there depressed. You know what the phone should be used for? Text game. What is text game? I'm glad you asked because that's step eight. The eighth action you can take is flirting with your girl on the phone. If you're at work, shoot her a message every now and then. Something flirty, something sexual. You know, when you're at a party and she's across the room, shoot her a quick text. And when she she blushes or she smiles, just walk away. Don't even acknowledge it. Your phone should be fun. There's a reason people don't scroll through my phone. Like, that's for me. You know, and when my phone, when I text Jack and it pops up, she's not going to be like, hey guys, check out what Zach said. Like, that's not how we work. I'm sitting there flirting with her all the time. We've been together since 2003. We were 16 years old. I'm 33 now. I've been with this woman for more than half my life. We have been dating or married or engaged for longer than we were single and apart. That's crazy. And But it's only getting better and we're still having fun. And all these like crap, you know, cliche or trite, you know, characterizations that, that people are placed on marriage. Like we are just beating it again and again and again. You know, it's not stale. It's not boring. We still have fun. We still flirt. We still have a good time. We're laughing frequently. We're working out. We're improving ourselves as individuals. And that is improving the marriage. But again, step eight, use your phone. Get back to flirting with your girl. You can't always be together. So why not send her messages? When's the last time you took a picture getting out of the shower where you look jacked? Send that to her. And if you're ashamed of your body because you're getting out of the shower and you're looking fat, go work out. Get yourself in a better place. And send her a picture of your sweaty ass on the treadmill. You know, get after it. Rah! That's awesome. You know, but that, that ties in right to step nine. Step nine is you've got to be flirting with your woman every single day. She is your wife. She is your queen. She is that female, the feminine counterpart to who you are as a man. Why would you not be enjoying her? Why would you not be having fun, smacking her on the butt every now and then, teasing her, playing jokes, putting things out of reach where she can't get it? You know, if she asks a question, giving a certain type of answer or a very long-winded answer, just messing with her and keeping it fun. You know, people love to judge the health of a relationship by sex. And most people who don't have sex, that's because they don't have sex and they think that's the end-all be-all. But anybody who has a healthy sex life knows sex is just sex. You know how you really judge a relationship? Look at them together. Look at how the woman looks at the man. Look at how the man looks at his girl. Do they laugh together? I've yet to see a marriage where everybody was laughing and they weren't in a healthy dynamic. 
You know what I mean? Like they, they weren't in a, a complimentary marriage where they were having a good time. And maybe they are working on themselves. Maybe physically they're not where they want to be. Maybe financially they're not where they want to be, spiritually, whatever. But they're in a good spot and they're working together to get there. That is such a beautiful thing to see. And it's always in couples that are laughing. If they can have a good time and joke, it's just you don't get that in, in, in any form when you see people who are together that don't like each other. Like you can't make yourself laugh. It's always like shit talking or, or, or kind of like snide remarks about one another. Like I hate when wives make fun of their husbands or treat them like adult children. Like they're men. They're men who are leading families and have, have had children, have had led children. You know, like it's, that's a wonderful thing. That's a strong thing. I'm proud of that as a man. And when I look at my wife, I want her to be laughing and having a good time with me. But she knows I'm a man. I am capable of both holding a newborn child as well as destroying anybody who tries to do harm to my family. She looks at me with that sort of respect, the sort of wonder. And while we'll laugh together, she knows when we're out, she's safe. That's the type of deference you want from your woman. And that happens when you can have a good time. You know, I once replaced an incense. We, we, she used to light a lot of incense in a condo we lived in. I took that out and I put a sparkler. And she kept lighting it, lighting it. That sucker took off. It was like... It was like 4th of July in our kitchen and she was flipping out and I swear I blacked out because I was laughing so hard. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't even help her and she's running around panicking with this freaking sparkler and I'm just like geeking out. And it's one of those things I'll always remember. You know, I've a lot of jokes have happened since then, a lot before then, but that one always stands out because it was just so like ridiculous. I wish I was recording it for America's Funniest Home Videos. Like that shit was just hilarious. But it's it's one of those things. I have a good time with my lady. Like genuinely, I really enjoy her company. And there is a message that, you know, you can't enjoy women's company. They're boring. Not mine. <laughs> like When you foster that relationship, you don't just tolerate boring. You know, like I, I need that from her. You know, there's a standard. And that leads us to the final step, which is step 10. Refuse to lower the standard from which excellence is measured. When you have a bar in your relationship, the expectation is everybody meets it. We're not going to have a bunch of obese individuals in my home. We're not going to have a bunch of grumpy, uh, angry, bitter people in my home. That is unacceptable. My home will be filled with love. My home will be filled with strength. My home will be filled with mentally, physically, and spiritually sound individuals. There are bumps in the road just like every other family. I'm not any different than any other man out there leading his family. With the exception that I set a high bar for myself and my wife and my children. And we all strive to meet it. We all work day in and day out. Sometimes I miss. Sometimes they miss. That's okay. Just take the bump and then course correct. Fix yourself sooner rather than later. But listen, when you set a bar and you maintain that standard, that's how you don't slip back into debt once you get out of it. That's how you don't slip back to being fat once you're fit again. You know, when you guys fix yourselves, you maintain that standard. And sometimes that means as husband, you've got to tell your wife, no, we're not going to buy this thing you want to buy. No, we're not going on the vacation you want to go on. Telling your kids, no, you were very well behaved and you guys did play really well at your game, but we're not going to go out and buy or go on that vacation to the hotel, you know, like we did last month. You got to mix things up. You got to maintain a standard and you've got to meet it consistently. Do not lower it to be more comfortable. You know, set that bar and always support it. And you'll find that those around you are doing the same. So I've now shared 10 steps that will help you help yourself and that will help you maintain attraction, 
joy, laughter, appreciation, and value in your marriage. You can become the guy who's out there smiling and the whole world's like, why are you so freaking happy? And you're like, yo, I've got a great family. I've got a great marriage. I love myself. I love my wife. I love my kids. Why would I not be happy? That would separate you from so many people who are just getting by. They're not even living. They're just existing. I want more for you. I want you to get the best from your family. If you'd like to work together because you're stuck in any way, again, check the links below. Let's have a conversation and get you on the right path. You know, let's get you working towards the family you thought you'd always have as a kid. Because I can tell you right now, that what I'm living, the relationship, my children, my home, my job, my life, as a kid, this is exactly, if not better, than what I had imagined it would be. And not too many people can say that. So if you want to work at heading that direction, apply these 10 steps. If you need some clarification, hit me up. And again, the links to everything are below. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.